0: Welcome to The Rock Church, a vibrant, enthusiastic, edgy church meeting in West Bridgford, Nottingham. You can find out more about us by visiting the rock.org.uk. We hope you were blessed by this message. And now Rod is going to come and preach our word for the year to us. So let's give him a big welcome. Rod, if you don't know, is on our SLT, he's a fellow elder. And he's a great man of God, but unfortunately, he supports Liverpool. Bless him. And the magpies. (laughs) Good morning, church. I greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're watching online, I greet you this morning as well. Welcome. And I hope you have a good time this morning with us. If you're listening back on this podcast, I hope you enjoy it and I hope you are blessed as I was blessed when I wrote this. So, to kick off, all of us know the the, the word for this year. The word for this year is be. Very easy to understand, very easy to get into your system. Just be. Earlier this morning, when we started the service. Pastor Kate said, Can we just take a moment to reflect? And you know, I'm just in the presence of the Lord, I sat, went into an attitude of prayer, and thought about the rest of my week. How many others, when you when you have to rest or you have to concentrate on something, find yourself your mind wandering onto other things, and and that's that's normal. It's just natural. Even now in communion, when Josh said. You know, just reflect on, let God speak to you, the Holy Spirit speak to you and reveal things to you. And in that moment, you start, but then you find yourself, start thinking about other things as well. So today I'm talking about be at rest. That's, that's the, the title of my sermon. The last time I made a mistake of only mentioning the title of my sermon right at the end of the sermon. So today... The title of the sermon is Be at Rest. So what is it to rest? The dictionary says the rest is to cease work or movement in order to relax, to sleep, or to recover strength. To rest is not just to close your eyes and sleep. There's a reason why we have to rest, is to recover your strength. We heard this morning that we are in an army fighting a battle. Every soldier in an army doesn't fight constantly. If you're fighting constantly, you're gonna get tired and weaker, and it's gonna be easy for the enemy to overpower you. A soldier knows when to find rest, when to take a break from fighting. And sometimes, We, especially men, don't know how to rest. We don't know how to take a break. We keep going on and on from one thing to the other, and we think that that's what we're supposed to do. I'm supposed to work. I'm supposed to look after my kids and my family. So we keep on doing it without finding a time to really rest. And when we do find time to rest, we're not actually resting. Our mind wonders about the next thing that's on the horizon. Amen? Who, who, who find themselves like that? You're about to fall asleep. You get into bed. I'm going to fall asleep right now, nine o'clock. <laughs> and you find yourself two o'clock in the morning still laying there saying, I'm going to fall asleep right now. And you don't know actually what has happened from 9 o'clock to 2 o'clock. But you haven't rested. You haven't slept. In Mark 6, verse 30, this is our main verse for today, Mark 6, verse 30 to 32. It says, The apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And he said to them, Come away by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. And they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. So just some context to the scripture. This scripture actually has a beginning in Mark 6 from verse 1. And it says there, that Jesus called all the disciples to himself, and then he sent them out two by two. Okay, they had to go out; they had to minister the word. Okay, so he sent them out in the beginning of this verse in Mark six. So the disciples have gone away. Now this portion of the scripture is when they just come back. Okay, so they just returned from going out, and they are so excited about the things that has happened. They had managed to cast out demons. They had managed to to heal people. They had managed to see people saved. They had done the work of God. So they're so excited. But with this excitement, of course, there's other people around them that knew about the things that they'd done. And people are all around around them and about them. And this excitement about what has happened before is all over them. But see here, Jesus says to them, you need time to rest. I know you've done the work of God. I know you've done a good work. But you need now to rest. How many times do we sometimes, when we're successful in something, something has gone right, we feel we now need to continue. Because like the, 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 the word says, um, it's not the word of God, it says, strike while the iron is hot. Isn't it? So when you're on a roll, you got to keep on rolling. Because you're afraid that if you stop, you're going to miss out on something. But here Jesus says, hey, guys, I know you're on a roll. I know you've done good. But you have to stop. You have to, you have to rest. And he takes him away to a desolate place. A desolate place means there's absolutely nothing There's nothing, it's basically a desert. So he takes them out of their comfort zone, out of their their, their place where they just accomplish so much, and he takes them into a desert. Sometimes the desert is where we need to be. Do not despise when you find yourself in a desolate place. Because sometimes that is exactly where God wants you to be so that you can now recharge. So that you can now find what's next in store. Because most of the time we find ourselves living of yesterday's blessings. Of yesterday's accomplishments. And we fail to see what is ahead of us. What God has got in store for us. On Friday we had the EGM here and pastors spoke about what is in store for the church going forward, but planting churches in other locations. Exciting times. It's exciting times for this church. So all of you that's a part of this church, you're at the right time, at the right place, and for the right purpose. Remember that, because we are now at that place where we're going to start moving into other areas. But some of you, you need to take a break first because we can't see you getting worn out when we're moving into these new places. You're already tired. But when we move, we can't afford you to be tired in the moving, so you need to start resting. Do you understand? Do you understand how rest works in the kingdom? I mean, rest is biblical because it says in Genesis, On the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had made, and he rested. God rested from his work. Now, who knows here that God is the almighty, all-powerful God. He doesn't have to rest. Yes, you do. (laughs) Um, And God is so good. That he is now, in this verse, he's actually laid down a pattern. Not for himself, he's laid down a pattern for us. Because God doesn't need to rest. The word of God says that he never sleeps, he never slumbers. So he doesn't need to rest. But he knows that we need to rest. So he sets up this pattern right in the beginning. He sets up this pattern to say that, you know what guys? There comes a time in your life when you need to just take a break, okay? But also, let me just add this part. When you're taking a break, when you're resting, you're not resting from God, okay? Because sometimes we come to a place where we say, um, do you know what, pastor? I'm just gonna take a break from the church, I I, I just feel some, I I need to recharge on my own. So you feel that you now need to move yourself out of the, the church and be on your own. But that's not what God's saying. Rest is not rest from God. Rest is just taking a break and to recharge yourself for the next work of God. That's all. Do you understand that concept? So here we see that God established the Sabbath as a time of rest. And luckily enough for us as a church, Joss will be preaching on the Sabbath in the next few weeks. So if you are considering not coming to church, if you're one of those that's sitting here and saying, you know what, I need a rest from church, I would actually advise you not to take a rest from church for the next few weeks because the word that Joss is going to be bringing around the Sabbath It's really going to change your life. I promise you. Be here for the next week, the next few weeks. He's going to do a whole series around the Sabbath. So the Sabbath, God rested. So we need to rest. Secondly, rest is a discipline of faith. It's a discipline. Just like prayer is a discipline. So rest is a discipline. You have to pray, but you have to rest. Why? Because God established a pattern. If it's good enough for God, it should be good enough for you. He has established a pattern. So we find ourselves sometimes when we at rest, when when we have time to rest, one of the main things in our lives that happens is that we worry. Worry is one of those, the main things that stops us from resting. So, when I say we have to rest, biblically, how do we then enter, enter into this rest in a godly manner? Because there's a way of God doing it, and there's a way that people doing it. So how, do we, how does God do it? Psalm 37 verse 7 says, Rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for him. Okay? But in Psalm 37, when I was reading through it, there's also some steps for how to get to this point of resting in the Lord. Okay? So we're going to go through the scripture of Psalm 37 and look at the points of how to enter into God's rest. Amen? Not into our rest, but to enter into God's rest. Because when you're doing it the way God wants us to do it, then we're doing it the right way. Psalm 37, verse 1 says, Fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. Fret not yourself. So now, remember, We are looking at how to enter into the rest of God. So look at it in this way. You're in a house. There's multiple rooms. But the room right at the end is the room where where your rest is. Okay? So now you're going through the first door. This first door says, fret not thyself. Okay? The first door, it says, don't worry about things. Because worry is something that keeps you up at night. Worry is something that works on you every single time. Worry is anxiousness that keeps going through you all the time, one minute to the next, all the time. That's worry, that's fretting. Here the word of God says, fret not, do not worry. So the first door that you enter through is a door that says, don't worry. Okay. Can you, in your life, come to a point where you try not to worry too much about things? Do You know, last week we were at a football game, watching Knott's County, and um, they were leading at the time, 2-1. Was it 2-1 they were leading when the player went off and um, got injured? So one of their players got injured, but they'd already made all their substitutions, and the other team started attacking them all the time. Then I started worrying that this team was gonna equalize, and I know it's only a game, but you're sitting there, and you can see this team is gonna score. Oh, not count is gonna lose this game. And you start worrying. You start being anxious about the game. I, could I influence the game in any way? No, there's no way I could influence the game. Probably if I ran to the field and punching the other players or something. <laughs> Maybe in that way. But there was no other way, there was no way I could influence the game. Who can influence the game? <laughs> Whoever's on the field of battle can influence the game. Sometimes you're not in the battle but you worry about the battle. The only time you should worry about the battle is when you're in the battle. But we look at something in the horizon, on the horizon, and we worry. We can't do anything about it. We can't influence it at all. Do you know what? On that field of play, on the day, one player stood up and was counted John Bostock. He just controlled that whole game from start to finish. He did everything, he was everywhere, he passed, he slowed the game down, everything went around him, he wasn't worried, I was worried, he wasn't worried and he was in the battle, (coughs) he was in the battle but he knew that the tools that he has, his experience in life and Everything that has brought him to this moment has prepared him enough so that he could take control of this battle and see himself through it, see the rest of his team through it. Sometimes you forget that you've got some things in your life when you're in the battle, that God is on your side in the battle, and you shouldn't have to worry about the battle, that he'll carry you through the battle. What is in your hands? If you are worried about something this morning, if you are in a battle, I'm not talking about those who think there's still a battle coming. If you are currently going through things, what do you have in your hands that God can use? Do you remember the, the story of Elisha, the prophet, and the woman who had nothing in her house to eat? And the prophet went to her and he said, What do you have in your house? She said, I have some oil. I only have some oil. You can't eat oil. But he told her, bring me that, that you have. That's available. And God blessed it. It multiplied. She could sell it. And then she could have what she needed. Sometimes there's things in your life that you think means absolutely nothing. It's worthless. But in the hands of God. It has so much worth. Don't worry. Amen. The next verse says. Trust in the Lord. And do good. So now you've gone through the first door. Don't worry. Now you come to the second door. It says trust in the Lord. We all go through trials and tribulations. We all go through things that shake us up. But when they come, when when those those times of trials come, do you trust in God? Do do you honestly tell yourself, Lord, in this battle, I trust that you will carry me. I put my trust in you and you alone. I'm not going to trust what my eyes see, how I feel inside, what people say around me. I'm going to trust the word of God. I'm going to trust you. And this is such a difficult thing. To trust God in circumstances. But not only to trust God, it says do good. So you've got to have a practical side to this step as well. To trust God, but also to work with God, to do the work of God. Because sometimes we stop doing the work of God because we are so worried about things in our own lives. Pastor K just spoke now about going to Romania. The work of God is out there. There's so much things that we can do for God, even though you are fighting your own battles. Amen. Can you help somebody even though you are struggling? Then thirdly, it says, delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. The third door that you're stepping through, it says, delight yourself in the Lord. We sometimes forget the goodness of God, what God has done for us. Where he's brought you from. The miracles that he has performed in our lives. We forget who God was and who he still is. Yeah. The, the, this verse says, delight yourself in him. Do you know what, Lord? You've done it for me in the past. You'll do it for me again. I know it. I know it. That you'll do it for me again. I know. And, and um, the delight wells up in me because I know not only can I trust him, But I can delight myself in Him because He's shown Himself faithful to me. Amen. Now we come to the next door and it says, commit your way unto the Lord. Commit your way. This is so difficult because we've learned to trust God. We've learned not to worry about things. But can you say, Lord, do you know what? In everything that I put my hand to, you have to be the one in this. Not me, not my own decisions. Every decision that I make, I commit to you. Let me only walk where you have ordered my steps. Let me do what you have told me. Commit your way to the Lord. Can we, can we be in, in that state where our steps are ordered, like it says in the Bible, where everything, Lord, I'm going here, but if you don't want me to go there, then show me, Lord. Lord, I'm going to apply for this job, but if you don't want me to get this job, Lord, you show me. Lord, I'm feeling anxious about my church right now. If i need to go somewhere else, you lead me. Let it be your way, not my way. Because most of the time, we take things out of God's hands, because we don't, we, we don't fully commit our paths to God. So this door, this next, this door, when you're walking through it, think, look, look, every decision. Let it be a godly decision. Let it be according to the word of God, not according to my feelings and my thoughts. Amen? And then finally it says rest in the Lord. You've come through all these doors, you've stopped worrying, you've committed your way to the Lord, you've trusted in God. Now, you find that it's not so much you anymore. Now it's up to God. And that's why rest in God is easy. Because now it's up to Him and not up to you. Because when it's up to you, then you start worrying. Then you're not going to find rest. Then you're going to sit up from 9 o'clock at night till 2 o'clock in the morning just tossing and turning. So if that is a way to find rest in God, then it must be that there's a way that we can miss out on resting in God. And for this, we turn to Hebrews 3 and verse 11. In Hebrews 3, verse 11, we're gonna do Hebrews 3, verse 7 to 12. But Hebrews 3, verse 11, it says, and this is God saying, As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. So there is a way that you cannot enter into God's rest. There's a way that God says, do you know what? I'm sorry. You're going to be tossing and turning every single night. Your heart rate is going to spike. You are going to find it so difficult. To find rest. So what are those ways. That actually stops us. From finding rest. From verse 7 it says. Therefore. As the Holy Spirit says. Today. If you hear his voice. Do not. Harden your hearts. Do not do what? do not what? Do not harden your heart. Do you know what? Sometimes we have a call from this altar. Who here needs a miracle in their lives? And people put up their hands. Can you come to the front for prayer? And the same hand that went up sits. Why? Because they don't believe that God can do it for them. They've hardened their heart about the way of God, that God can actually do something in their lives. They don't trust God enough to say, Lord, I will step out in faith. Right now, I need you. And I submit myself to you. So this first one here is, do not harden your heart. And then he goes on to say, on the day of testing in the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years, therefore I was provoked to that generation. I said, they always go astray in their heart and they have not known my ways. They go astray and they have not known my ways. find yourself not in the rest and the peace of God is when you go astray. Firstly, you do your own thing. Because that is going astray. Going astray is, do you know what? I'm not going to go with what God wants. I'm going to do my own thing. The word of God says, do this. No, I'm going to do that. That is going astray. So, if you do not want to find rest go astray and the second thing is they do not know my ways how do you know God's ways you read your Bible you sit under his word you pray you meditate you be in a relationship with God if you're not in relationship with God, worries, trials, tribulations, it's going to overwhelm you. It's going to overwhelm you. Because then you don't have God in your boat. You only have yourself. So that is the last way, is to actually find yourself in a place where you do not know the ways of God. In the beginning we heard Jesus say to his disciples, come away. Find rest. Let's go to a desolate place. There are so many of you sitting here. You can't find rest. You are worried. There's things on the horizon that are making you worry. Some of you are in a battle right now. You are in a battle. And you can't find rest. But God wants you to rest. He wants you to be recharged doesn't want you to go through it alone. You are not alone. Men of God, men of God, you are not alone. The battles you're facing, you don't have to face it alone. You have a good God who loves you and He's waiting for you and He wants to see you at Peace, the peace that the Bible says surpasses all understanding all understanding not a peace just for now a small little respite in the war in the battle but a peace that surpasses all understanding if that's you this morning someone who's struggling, I pray that that something this morning spoke to you about finding rest. Not just finding rest like the world says that you need to rest, but finding rest in Him. In Him, because He has a better way of doing it.